Hello and welcome to Mattpreneur, the show that explores how entrepreneurs from all around the world run their business on Apple Gear. My name is Damien Schroes and here we go for episode 11. So, unlike the 10 previous episodes, I am releasing a three-part series showing you the behind the scenes of my freelance Apple training and consulting business. This week, you'll discover my Mac setup, the devices that I use as well as the apps I rely the most for my day-to-day work. Next week, I'll talk about how I use my Apple mobile devices, including my Apple Watch and how they integrate in my workflows. And uh, finally, in two weeks' time, I'll do a deep dive into the various online services that allow me to bridge the gap between Mac and iOS, and those also that make my life easier through web automation. And uh, if you wonder why there are suddenly three solo shows, well, I have been out for the past two weeks with my family, and... I failed to line up enough guests to cover the second part of August, so here you have it. And um, if you'd like to be a guest on the show or know an entrepreneur who would be a great guest uh, for this show, please visit macpreneur.com forward slash contact. So today you'll discover my Mac setup, which is made of uh, three computers. I have an iMac a MacBook Air and a Mac Mini Server Edition. So let's start with the iMac because it's the the machine that I'm using the most when I'm in in my office. So this iMac is is the first Retina 5K 27-inch model that was released in 2014. And it's actually the computer on which I'm recording and editing and, and publishing the show. Um, in terms of specs, it has a uh, one terabyte fusion drive, uh, the base uh, 3.5 gigahertz uh, Intel Core i5 processor, and 24 gigabyte of RAM. So, unlike on the 21 uh, inch model, the memory is user upgradable on the 27 inch model. So. What I've done is I've bought uh, 16 gig of additional RAM on Amazon to supplement the factory default uh, 8 gigabytes. So there there are four slots uh, at the back of the the iMac. Two were used already with uh, two times four gigabytes, and I added uh, two times eight to have uh, 24. This is really really handy when, like me, you run both Safari and Chrome open at the same time with many tabs opened, or in some cases I needed to fire up a virtual machine with an older version of of macOS, and this uh, usually requires also resources and especially uh, memory. Regarding the hard drive, I must admit that I have mixed feelings about the fusion drive technology and uh, also just in case if you're not familiar with it um, it consists of 
two disks. There is a 128 gigabyte SSD, which is very fast, and a traditional one terabyte spinning hard drive. And the clever thing is that they are combined into one logical volume, which is called Macintosh HD, which you may recognize on, on your computer. And so the way Apple implemented Fusion Technologies is pretty smart because without doing anything, the data and apps that are used the most are automatically moved to the fast SSD drive. And data that is less often used is stored on the slower spinning hard drive. So as you might imagine, most of the operating system the files that are used to run macOS, they, they will stay on the SSD. So, so that's great because on, on one hand, your iMac boots up very quickly and the apps that you use the most are very responsive. So it, it feels like you, you have an, an SSD. But in my case, is my, my drive is more than, there are more than 950 gigabytes of data on it. It means that not everything can be on the, on, the, on the SSD, actually. Most of it is on the spinning hard drive. And I must admit that from time to time, uh, this computer feels uh, quite slow. Okay, don't get me wrong, it's, it's much better than uh, having only a one terabyte spinning hard drive. Um, but it's not as fast as if the entire drive was an SSD. The, the thing is, when I bought the computer, I bought at the end of the, of the year, of the fiscal year, and I wanted to, to benefit from a, a VAT. Well, there, there was at, at that time in Luxembourg a change in the amount of VAT that we would pay. So I wanted to save money for the company. And so I needed to buy the computer before the end of the year, of the fiscal year. And at that time, they didn't have the 500 gigabyte uh, SSD drive model. So they, they only had the, the Fusion Drive. And because I, I never experienced what Fusion Drive technology was about, I thought, okay, that's maybe a good idea to at least have a, have a feel for, for what it's, it's about. Um, in terms of um, accessories, so the, the keyboard, I... I don't use the, uh, the Apple keyboard. I have bought a Logitech K760, which is a solar-powered wireless keyboard. And what is nice with that keyboard is that it can drive up to three devices via Bluetooth, and including iPhones and iPads. So there, is a, there are three buttons that allows you to quickly switch between devices. So... Obviously, one of the buttons is uh, hooked up to my iMac, but then I have also um, configured my um, iPad Mini 4, which I will talk about uh, next week in next show. And also I've configured my iPhone, but I rarely use the keyboard with my iPhone, actually. What is nice also with that keyboard is because it's uh, solar-powered, there is no battery to replace there is no uh, you know don't need to charge with a cable 
it as long as it has uh, and since since my desk is near the near the window it has plenty of natural light coming in every day so <laughs> this this keyboard never runs out of uh, juice even though i have the apple magic mouse the the first generation Mag magic mouse i don't use it i I really am more the kind of person who I'm a, I'm a trackpad kind of person. I really, really like the, the Magic Trackpad. And after having used the first generation for a while, now I've switched to the second generation Magic Trackpad, which is the, the white one, which is much uh, larger than the, the first generation one with force touch. Well, the, the thing is, I actually have deactivated force touch because uh, I did not see any advantage using it and and from time to time I was misfiring firing it so I realized okay so there's the way I use the trackpad uh, I didn't see the benefit so I deactivated force force touch but what I really like about this uh, trackpad is that the, the multi um, finger gestures so you can swipe down with four fingers with three fingers swipe up and then you can activate a lot of functions um, like mission control and this is really good because um, I, as I also explained in a previous episode I, I use a better touch tool with a better touch tool you can configure additional gestures with modifier key so if uh, I use, for instance, uppercase with four finger taps, I can maximize a window to the top half section of the screen. And um, if I use the, the command key with four finger taps, then I can uh, maximize the window on the right side of the, of the screen. In addition to those accessories, I have um, an external Samsung Blu-ray player and a DVD writer because this was uh, the generations of um, iMac that did not feature any built-in uh, DVD writer anymore. And uh, at one point I was uh, ripping Blu-ray uh, Blu and DVDs, but now not anymore. I, I use it, I, I keep it more for legacy purposes. And uh, from time to time, if I, if I have an old I have a, a box with old CDs, music CDs, and uh, if I want to rip a CD, then I then at least I have something uh, that can I that I can hook up to my iMac. If you have an iMac, you may be actually a bit uh, frustrated with the fact that all the USB ports, all the ports, are at the back of the iMac, and uh, the same for me. So I found a neat uh, accessory which is called the Sabrent USB 3 hub. And it's um, it's it's a bit plasticky. It uh, it is um, silver colored so it it matches quite well uh, the the iMac frame. And so it's a USB hub that attaches itself so you, you, it, it uses one port at the back of the iMac, but then it goes round the bottom part of the iMac and presents on the front part of the iMac four uh, USB ports 
and actually four USB 3 ports that are accessible from the front. So this is a really a great uh, thing when, when you need to plug and unplug uh, USB keys, for instance. Uh, in my case, I'm connecting, I have two cables. I have the USB to lightning cable so that I can, if I want to synchronize or charge uh, my iPhone or an iPod touch or things like that. And I also have a, a cable with a 30 pin uh, connector to charge older iOS devices and namely my old uh, iPhone 4. And there I also have a cable, I'm also connecting directly a, a Dymo label writer 450 twin turbo so to print labels for my business this one is hooked up also directly at the, the front of the iMac now obviously um, i have also hooked up a lot of hard drives because i'm so i'm i'm a bit paranoid about losing data so let's go through the other USB ports that uh, that I have at the back. So I have a five terabyte Toshiba hard drive, which is split actually into two partitions. So I have uh, dedicated three terabytes for the Time Machine backup, and then the remaining two terabytes are used for multimedia files, uh, movies, uh, video, uh, music. Uh, so sometimes also some uh, virtual machines that I want to keep there. And the nice thing is that then uh, it's easy to share between the different user accounts uh, on my Mac. Um, in addition to that, I have a one terabyte Western Digital Element drive that is actually configured to host the time machine backup of my MacBook Air. So I discovered uh, last year uh, that it's possible to configure an external drive connected to one Mac as the equivalent of a time capsule, but it's a, it's a homemade time capsule uh, technology. In addition to that, I have um, 525 gigabytes uh, crucial SSD. So it's a... Um, it's normally a drive that you buy to put in inside a computer, but I put it in an enclosure, in a USB 3 enclosure from uh, the the brand is called uh, Inatech. Uh, it's the FE 2007, 2007, yes. And it's a special enclosure because it has a three port USB hub. So it's more than just a hard drive enclosure. So the, the thing is that the enclosure to power everything it needs actually access to two usb ports on my mac so if you re remember one of the ports is used for the sabrent usb hub with the four usb port at the front then i need two ports two usb ports to power my uh, enclosure in attack enclosure in the enclosure there is one drive there is the crucial ssd and to that one then i can actually connect three additional devices if i wanted to so what i have done actually is that 
to one of those. So I'm using two of those USB ports to connect the 5TB Toshiba drive that I talked about earlier, so for the time machine backup of the iMac, and the 1TB Western Digital drive that uh, is hosting the time machine backup for my MacBook Air. And so that means that I have one uh, USB port left out of the four, and that one is used for my uh, microphone. So this is the Rode Podcaster. USB microphone that I use to record this podcast and video tutorials. Now to the Thunderbolt ports at the back of the iMac. I have one that is connected to a one terabyte crucial SSD connected via a Seagate Thunderbolt adapter. And I use that drive for daily cloning of the internal drive of my iMac. So the, the idea here is that in case the internal hard drive dies, but the rest of the computer is okay, I'm, I can actually just boot from the external SSD drive via Thunderbolt, and then I will be up and running. And, and if I really need to, to work, and I, if I cannot afford to um, put my iMac uh, for the repair, then I can still use the, the iMac with the external SSD. And uh, for the second Thunderbolt port at the back of the iMac, what I have done is that I have connected a, a Thunderbolt to Firewire cable because I have uh, older Firewire uh, drives. And when I need to connect those, then uh, I have uh, already the cable set up and I can access those older Firewire hard drive directly on my iMac. To hide all this, I'm using uh, two great accessories from the company 12 South. First, there is a high-rise for iMac, which, um, which is kind of a, it's a, oh, it's a box, it's an aluminum box in which you can fit the foot of the iMac and inside the box there is space for a cop in my case the, the Toshiba hard drive and the um, uh, the SSD the crucial SSD with the Seagate uh, Thunderbolt adapter I actually even have a, a bunch of USB keys and some cables so it's an it's a neat way to do two things actually to to put your iMac a little bit higher up on your desk compared to normal so you in my case I will I will uh, maybe gain you know, what's between 5 and uh, 10 centimeters and um, it hides it's a, it's a good hiding place for for stuff uh, on your desk and so on top of that uh, high rise uh, box I have put the, the DVD the blu-ray and DVD uh, writer on top of it and uh, for the other hard drives I'm using so another product from the 12, 12 South and it's called Backpack for iMac and it's a clever little shelf that attaches itself at the back of the um, iMac and uh, 
on that one I have put the inner tech enclosures and on top of the inner tech enclosures I have put the portable Western digital drive. In terms of printers, in addition to the Dymo uh, label writer, I have an Epson WF7525, which is an A3 color printer and scanner with, with two paper trays. So there is one for blank sheets of paper, and I use the second one for EasyTech uh, branded uh, stationery. This printer is in the same room in my office, but it's connected over Wi-Fi to a fifth generation Apple Airport Extreme, still the, the flat model, the flat one, not the, the small tower. And itself, this Airport Extreme is connected to my main router that is in the, in the hallway via a CAT6 Ethernet cable. So this allows me to have a gigabit Ethernet connection between my iMac and my router, my internet uh, wireless router, to which is connected the Mac Mini server that I will talk uh, about a little bit later. And so connect it also to the Airport Extreme. I have now a brand new Synology DS418 Play network attached storage or NAS which has three times four terabyte Seagate Ironwolf hard drives. And so to sustain the failure of a disk without losing any data, the three drives are configured using uh, something that's called Synology Hybrid RAID technology. So instead of having 12 terabyte of data, I have actually only seven about seven terabyte of available disk space. But the, the thing is, any of the three drives can fail and I don't lose, I won't lose any data. And um, compared to the traditional RAID 5 or RAID 6 technology, rather than needing to have all hard drives with the same capacity, I can mix and match different capacities for the hard drives. So it's a four bay network attached storage. So actually I have some space for a fourth hard drive when I, when I will need more the storage. So at that time, I could put a bigger drive than the four terabyte one. Okay, so I, will, I, may, I may put a six terabyte or eight terabyte hard drive. Now with Synology Hybrid Rate, when, when I will add one hard drive, actually I will not save anything. Uh, even if I put more than four terabytes, I, I will only add four terabytes to the pool of storage. But compared to the normal RAID technology, if I want to replace, for instance, one of my older four terabyte hard drive with an eight terabyte hard drive, then I will start to have more available capacity than with the normal RAID 5 or RAID 6 technology. So at the time of recording, I just got this uh, Synology NAS for a few days. 
so actually I can't say much about it uh, and I will report back in a few months time when I will have a little bit more uh, of experience the the reason why I bought the Synology hard drive is because actually my 5 uh, terabyte Toshiba is is almost full so I would like to move uh, my uh, multimedia files out of the of the out of there to make space actually for time machine the final piece of gear next to my iMac is an uninterruptible power supply so an, a UPS the one that I chose is it's a 1000 volt amperes model it's an infosec z4 pbox2 model which i must say saved my bacon a bunch of times when there were power cuts uh, in my neighborhood so this ups can provide up to 12 minutes of power to my imac so in the grand scheme of things it's it's not a lot but it's enough to actually give you time to finish something to save a to save a document, save a presentation. Uh, and um, what is connected to that uh, UPS is my iMac, the Time Machine hard drive, the Airport Extreme, and now the Synology NAS uh, as well. So that even in case of a power cut, I can still do a backup and I can still uh, have access to the internet because the Airport Extreme is connected as well to the UPS. Uh, frankly, it's a must-have for business owners who use their iMac professionally. So if you have a, an iMac but no UPS, this is the call to action. My first call to action for you is that go and find a UPS because it will save you in the case of power cuts. Now let's switch gear and have a look at the apps that I use the most on my iMac. But first of all, so uh, operating system version, so I'm still on uh, macOS Sierra, so it's the 10.12.6 with all the latest security patches. I, I am in the camp that stays one version of the operating system behind the latest one because there, ha there has been some, uh, some bugs and some issues with a new version of the operating system that, frankly, I was happy that I avoided one. There was one, I remember, there is one that was actually, I think it was with Sierra. So I was still on uh, El Capitan at the time. And there was a, an issue with preview where... Uh, whenever preview, there was a bug with preview that whenever you opened a PDF which was OCR, so which had some text, the text was in, embedded inside the document. Whenever you opened this kind of PDF with preview, it would strip down the OCR of the PDF. Uh, more recently, I think, yes, it, it's with High Sierra. So when High Sierra was uh, released, they discovered a critical security vulnerability where with almost, you, you, needed, you didn't need any, any technical knowledge, but you could get 
uh, root access so have all the privileges on the computer by doing a, a few uh, clicks in one of the panels uh, if I can find back the the references I will put that in the show notes but that was pretty scary really pretty scary and I was happy to be on Sierra and not on high Sierra at the time because uh, security wise it was a I would say a disaster it's uh it was something that they yeah it's a flow that got incorporated in the new version so this is my advice if you use your computer your mac professionally stay at least one version of the operating system behind the current one and um, unlike with ios where apple for, for ios apple only supports the latest version for security uh, updates with the mac with mac os apple at least up to now we'll see in the future but at least up to now apple is supporting at least three version of the operating system so the current one and two versions two previous versions so at the time of recording high sierra is the current version so they are supporting high sierra 10.13 sierra 10.12 and el capitan 10.11 so those three versions of macOS still receive security uh, patches So on my iMac, the apps that I use the most, uh, first of all, Safari. I use Safari a lot. Um, there is one service that I use every day. It's called 750words.com. And it's a kind of a, a writing journal. And I use that uh, service, that website, for my daily uh, goals and daily affirmations and and things like that. So for me, it's uh, it has become the the ritual, the the it's part of my morning routine, where I write down my goals. I uh, actually copy paste the yearly goals, the quarterly goals, then the monthly goals once once per month, and then I I review as well my weekly and uh, my weekly goals and then my daily goals and daily plan so safari i use it a lot obviously for other things um, in episode 13 i will talk more in details about the online services that i use so that will be covered in that episode in addition to safari i use also google chrome quite extensively and the reason for that is because, uh, as I have explained already in previous episodes, I'm using uh, Google G Suite for my business. And so for Google Drive, uh, the, the spreadsheets, Google Sheets, Google Docs, and so on, I really prefer to use uh, Google Chrome for these kinds of applications. Um, unlike most, most people, actually, I don't access uh, gmail through a browser and i did not configure mail for gmail as well so what i'm using to check to yeah to use my uh, professional email address is a software called 
mail plane and it's kind of a, it's a nice uh, mail client for the Mac that is really dedicated to a Gmail and it has a very good very good support for Gmail for all the keyboard shortcuts and so on and uh, also a bunch of uh, add-ons are supported natively uh, by Mailplane and I will talk about that in episode 13. In addition to those apps then the, some built-in apps that I use uh, every day Notes. This is uh, uh, one, one app that I use really a lot for instance the the outline for this episode has been written and I'm I'm looking at it right now through notes um, for my uh, tasks I use a Todoist which is uh, which is the the application that uh, that clicked with me I don't know why I've tried a bunch of uh, to-do applications in the past and uh, Todoist is the one that really clicked both on the iPhone and on the Mac. Now for time tracking, I'm using Toggle, uh, T-O-G-G-L. It's, uh, and I'm using the free version. And this is how actually I, I uh, track my time. For PDFs, I use Preview a lot because you can annotate PDFs. You can even incorporate your signature so it's a uh, it's free it's built in mac os and it's a great tool to have uh, in your tool belt then when i want to actually update pdf so actually correct the text uh, in uh, in a pdf for that i have a license uh, of pdf pen pro i still i'm still on version 6 which is working fine for me. And then uh, in some cases, when I want to print PDFs as little booklets, so I have an, an A4 document and I want to print that so that it's, I can fold it into A5 uh, booklets, uh, for that I use Acrobat Reader DC. In addition to notes, I'm using uh, Ulysses to write, um, for instance, the show notes. When I prepare the show notes for the podcast, they are uh, prepared in Ulysses in Markdown, which is a it's a it's a way to format the text so that it's uh, easily exportable to HTML. And the reason, one of the reasons why I uh, I bought Ulysses is because actually it's you can publish directly to WordPress. So MacProno.com is working is uh, running on WordPress, and so the show notes that I prepare in Ulysses, then I can easily publish it to to my uh, WordPress site. There is another reason, another feature that I like a lot with Ulysses. It's uh, the goal. You can you can put a goal or a limit if you want in terms of uh, number of words so it do it does word count but you can also convert that word count into how much time does it take to speak that text and so i'm part of a business networking group called uh, bni 
and for this uh, during these uh, business meetings we have the opportunity to present our company but we have uh, between 45 seconds and one minute to do so to do uh, to prepare an infomercial and uh, and so with the ulysses i can put uh, uh, i can track how much words i use and based on how fast uh, i speak my text it will tell me as i said i want to be between 45 seconds and and one minute this is a this is a nice feature of ulysses um, i'm using as well trello so the trello is a web service that i will talk a little bit more but i'm using their native app so they have now a native uh, trello app uh, to look at my boards and and uh, again for for macpreneur for instance i have a board uh, that tracks uh, the status of the different episodes and this is also where i have documented my process and uh, the checklist that i have when before recording an episode after recording an episode before publishing an episode and so on in terms of uh, office suite i'm actually using a hybrid approach so for presentations i'm using keynote i love keynote especially for the transitions it's for the animations the fact that you can record uh, yourself doing going through the presentation during the you know, going through the keynote and then you can export that recording into a movie file that you can then upload to youtube if you want to or to facebook or to linkedin so this is this is really great and because keynote integrates very well with icloud whatever i create on my mac i have access on my iphone on my ipad so this is uh, the reason why i use keynote a lot now for spreadsheets i i'm an excel guy and uh, even before i knew the, the Apple ecosystem. I was pretty good in Excel, in advanced uh, Excel functions and so on, and uh, pivot tables. And I've never found numbers appealing enough on on that front. So I'm I'm using Excel most of the time, and then Google Sheets for when when I need lightweight uh, spreadsheet capabilities. Then I use uh, Google Sheets because all this is where I store the data for my business. So this is, yeah, I prefer to have Excel and then Google Sheets. And um, for the documents, even though I have Word and Pages, I'm using most of the time Google Docs. Uh, I, for me, it's more than it's more than good enough. And um, Again, this is linked to the fact that uh, I've decided to host the, 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 the document, the data for my business in, in G Suite. And so it makes, it makes uh, very good sense for me to, to go on Google Docs. And it's, it's, I would say, more than good enough. From time to time, I use Pages. It's uh, when I want to do pretty stuff, when I want to have a nice layout and things like that. Then I use uh, Pages. Otherwise, most of the time it's Google Doc. And then, uh, as I explained also a lot, a few times in the show, I'm a 
a big fan of one password so all the passwords whether my personal one for my family for for EasyTech for my company everything is in one password um, I think I'm Above, I, I have more than 1,000 items in all the different vaults that I've created in uh, 1Password. What is really great about 1Password is that it goes beyond the password because you can put your credit card information. You have, you have uh, It's possible to have CQ notes. One thing that I use a lot are the licenses for software that I buy for myself or the business. Um, you can also use two-factor authentication in the sense that you can have your second-factor code being uh, available inside one password, so you don't need to go to two applications to, to do that. And it synchronizes either via Dropbox or iCloud if you want to to keep control of your password vault but down now they have a new system well they they still offer both methods uh, in parallel but um, for sharing passwords for instance uh, in a family setting or in a team in a business uh, team setting then they offer now a subscription and they host data on the server on the productivity side of things, there are four tools that I really rely upon. The first one is Text Expander, which uh, allows me to easily and quickly expand today's date, yesterday's date, uh, with just a, a few shortcuts. Then Hazel, that allows me to automatically rename files, move files in the right folder and so on and sometimes even uh, print send uh, files to the printer automatically then um, very recently i realized that i had a license for keyboard maestro so i've reinstalled and uh, keyboard maestro on my imac and uh, now i'm using it uh, to automatically set up um, my computer when I record uh, an episode uh, of MacPreneur, uh, a guest interview. So, for instance, uh, whenever um, I uh, open Skype, it will automatically put notes, the notes app, uh, it activates and put it uh, on the front. And whenever I quit Skype, there is a a tool that I use for the recording, for the post-processing, that uh, opens up automatically as well. Uh, finally, the fourth one is a better touch tool, uh, which I already talked a little bit about. So it allows me to define a special uh, multi-finger multi gesture for taps and so on to arrange automatically the, the windows on of my app, apps. Uh, on my Mac. Um, in terms of backup, I use three tools. So obviously Time Machine because it's built in, but then I use also Carbon Copy Cloner 
to do a daily clone of the internal hard drive to the external SSD. And finally, uh, every good backup strategy needs to have something that is off-site. And what I've chosen to go with is called Backblaze because um, it's uh, very inexpensive, so $50 for a year of backup. It's $50 per machine, but you can also backup what is on USB attached drives. So there is actually, an, I don't know if it's officially unlimited, but that's what they advertise. It's virtually unlimited storage for the backup for $50 per year, which is really, really not a lot of money. And the reason I, I chose Backblaze over other solutions was that with Backblaze, it's possible to create your very own encryption key. And it's a private encryption key. And so even if... Uh, a three-letter governmental agency in the US would request the data to Backblaze. They could not uh, unencrypt it. At least they, they need to brute force my 50 long character with mixed uppercase, lowercase the digits and uh, it's, a, it's a random password of 50 characters using all the possible alphabet uh, on, on the Mac. So Good luck with trying to brute force that that password. Um, looking at my menu bar, um, there are a few tools that I, I really um, use a lot on my Mac. The first one is called Mountain. And this little utility is a way in the menu bar to have quick access to mount and unmount drives that are attached to the computer. So. In the case of the iMac, as you, as you have understood, I have quite a lot of hard drives that are connected to that. And so it's very easy to quickly mount and unmount drives. And you can also even uh, specify some preferences for certain drives. So for instance, I configured the default behavior of my Time Machine partition that it cannot be unmounted manually so it, there is a prevent unmount option meaning that even if i try to unmount the other partition the time machine will stay mounted there is another feature which is great is when whenever the mac boots and if you have drives that are attached to the to the mac by default the operating system will mount those drives well, with mounting, it's possible to prevent mounting a drive at startup. So that way, for instance, uh, the way I use it is I configured my clone, the, the hard drive where I have the clone. This one will not mount at startup because I don't want to, to store files there by mistake. Uh, and uh, with Carbon Copy Cloner, when uh, it fires up to make a clone of my internal hard drive to the external SSD, it will automatically mount the SSD. So I don't need to do anything about that. And you can also, and I defined in Carbon Copy Cloner that whenever the clone, the cloning operation is completed, 
then carbon copy cloner will unmount the drive so that's really a, a great feature another application that i use because i have actually a lot of icons on my in my menu bar it's called bartender and so with bartender it's possible to hide some of the icons in the menu bar in a sub menu bar if you want a secondary menu bar so this is great so that under my menu bar i only keep the most important icons and the other one are hidden i use uh, an antivirus and i chose sophos um, for my antivirus the reason i chose it is because it had good reviews but also it's free it's free for up to three devices and um, it does not uh, consume a lot of resources on my Mac. So it was one of those applications that were actually pretty good at not bogging down uh, the computer. So doing its job, but not taking too many resources on the, on the computer. Then I use a tool called iMazing, which is a, a nice tool when dealing with uh, looking inside the backup of um, iOS devices. And then iMazing is, is a neat utility that, and this utility is called iMazing Mini. So to back up a little bit, iMazing is a paid app but they have a companion app which is, which is called iMazing Mini and this iMazing Mini app is free. And what this app allows you to do, it allows you to do wireless backup, automated wireless backup of your iOS devices to your computer. It's like Time Machine, like if you would couple what iTunes is doing right now with Time Machine. So giving you the possibility to actually schedule um, overnight a local iOS backup of your iOS devices. So I've scheduled in such a way that uh, every day or every every two uh, evening uh, iMazing Mini is doing a backup of my iPhone and of my iPad mini to my iMac, which is great because usually with iTunes, you need to manually trigger the, the backup. You need to, to plug your device or if you want to do it over Wi-Fi, you have to define that uh, in iTunes. And with iMazing Mini, it's possible to actually automate the process and have automatic, uh, regular automatic and encrypted backup of your iOS device on your Mac. The last utility that I think is that I like to, to mention uh, today is called Word Target. So it's a utility that I use in my menu bar to track how many words I write every day. And it's a way for me to, to check uh, if I'm moving along and if I actually show up every day for my business. So that's it for my iMac. The next device that I will uh, go through is my MacBook Air. It's um, 
13 inch uh, mid 2011 macbook air so it's uh, quite an old device it has a 1.7 gigahertz intel uh, i5 processor with only 4 gigabytes of ram and only a 128 gigabyte ssd drive so um, it's yes it's quite old um, the battery is starting to not to to keep it charged as long anymore i, I would need if i wanted to I, I would need to to replace the battery actually and the hard drive being only 128 gigabyte it's really really not a lot so what i have done is i have found a card an sdxc card called uh, store edge it's a 128 gigabyte card that i put in the sd card reader the built-in sd card reader that is on the 13 inch macbook air so that way i can double the storage more or less um, the truth is it's not as fast as the ssd so it's really i'm really putting there some data that i i'm using that external sdxc card as a secondary storage for for data that i don't want or that i don't need to have on the internal hard drive um, because i also like to use that uh, laptop to test beta versions of uh, macOS, i have an external um, drive an external firewire enclosure in which i have uh, an ssd drive in it and on that drive so via the thunderbolt to firewire cable uh, then i can boot the macbook air from the external ssd and i can boot it onto uh, either a newer version of macOS like high sierra or a beta version of macOS. in terms of software i'm using um, running the same version of macOS as on my imac so it's the 10.12.6 sierra with all the security updates and i'm testing uh, high sierra on the external hard drive this macbook air is used mainly for group training classes or uh, client coaching and consulting so there are specific apps that i use for group training for instance air server uh, is an app that allows me to that acts actually as an airplay receiver so i can uh, easily uh, show the screen of my iphone or my ipad directly on my macbook air and itself connected to the projector uh, so that's a, a neat way to have uh, uh, to show for instance um, the difference between the photos app on ios versus macOS, and uh, not fiddle with cables so this is a, a great solution um, there is another neat uh, little utility that i use called caffeine that uh, allows to actually prevent the macbook air to go into sleep mode so that's a very uh, useful when uh, giving uh, training classes because otherwise you have your screen that uh, goes dark uh, all the time 
And uh, finally, another great utility called uh, Curtain, which allows me to temporarily clean up my desktop. So hide, if you want, all the icons that are on the desktop. And so that's great when, when I need to put my screen uh, on a projector. On the consulting side of things, there are two apps that I think are worth mentioning in the podcast. The first one is called LanScan Pro. And it's a great utility because uh, whenever I go to a client and I need to figure out what are their uh, internal computer network, then I hook my uh, MacBook Air to their main router via Ethernet. And then I fire up LanScan Pro and then it gives me a list of all the devices that are uh, on their internal network. The other app that I use uh, is called Coconut Battery. It's a great app because not only it will give me uh, some statistics about the internal battery health of the MacBook Air, but they've incorporated also uh, statistics uh, and uh, analysis of iOS devices batteries. So whenever you plug an iOS device to the MacBook running coconut battery, it's possible to have an idea of the battery health of the iOS device. It's main, mostly interesting for all the devices because now Apple has uh, incorporated a beta version of that uh, directly in iOS, but um, for my customers, it's a it's a good uh, it's a good tool. Now, because the MacBook Air is not uh, it's not very beefy, I would say uh, there are two tools also that I use quite a lot. The first one is called Disk Inventory X. It's a free utility that scans the content of the hard drive and gives me the folders where we have where I have the, the biggest files and the biggest storage. So from time to time, I arrive in a situation where I only have maybe less than 10 gigabytes of free space on, uh, on the hard drive of the MacBook Air. And so it's a great way to find the culprit. Sometimes it's a log file uh, that uh, for some reason grew bigger than uh, it should have, have done uh, and other times yes it's uh, that uh, uh, some movie files or large files that I can quickly spot and then either delete or move to the external uh, SD XC card um, that's for the hard drive, then for the memory, because there are only 4 gigabytes of memory on uh, this MacBook Air and it's, uh, it's a bit tight, uh, I, I would say. Uh, the other tool I use is called Memory Clean 2. Again, it's a free app that uh, is monitoring the usage of the memory and uh, they have a feature by which you can define a, a threshold, a minimum threshold under which it will uh, try to purge the memory and, 
and remove everything that is not used anymore. Finally, in terms of security, because uh, this, this MacBook Air I connected to uh, other people's network or I travel sometimes with it, uh, the one tool that I recommend in this situation is a VPN, a virtual private network. And the one I'm, I've chosen is called TunnelBear. Now they have a, a free uh, version, or let's say they have a free subscription by which you have 500 megabytes of protected data per month. Now, if you tweet, if you tweet a special tweet, you get uh, one gigabyte more free for the month. So in total, you could get every month 1.5 gigabyte worth of uh, protected data. Now, for for the business, I've actually purchased the the the, the paid subscription, and uh, yeah, it gives me almost uh, unlimited data on a monthly basis. The last device that I use in my business it's a Mac Mini Server Edition. It's a mid 2010. Mac mini server. It has a 2.66 gigahertz Intel Core Duo processor, 8 gigs of RAM. And unlike the traditional Mac mini at the time, which had a hard drive and a DVD reader and writer, this one has actually two hard drives. There is no DVD reader writer. So the Mac mini server has two 500 gigabyte spinning hard drives and uh, I bought it uh, secondhand uh, from someone and um, the way it was configured I, I imagine that usually it's uh, configured in the RAID array so that uh, both drives uh, are seen as one volume and any of the drive can fail and still the computer can continue running the way I've configured it is that uh, there are actually two separate uh, volumes and uh, I use the second hard drive for cloning purposes. So the second hard drive is a clone of the first one. Then I have an external hard drive for Time Machine backups in addition. In terms of software, um, the Mac Mini server is running OS 10 10.10.5, so still working on uh, Yosemite. And then it uh, has the server app, which I use for two main reasons. The first one is as a caching server. Uh, in other words, whenever um, we download an update for an app, for an iOS device or for a macOS device, it goes usually from Apple server directly to the device. Now, in my case, in my household, in addition to all the devices that I mentioned for me and my business, there are also the uh, iPhone of my wife, the iPod Touch of my daughters, plus a bunch of um, other iPads. And so there are many, many Apple devices that we have in my household. 
and so to speed up uh, the update the app update and also to reduce the bandwidth consumed from the main router this uh, OS 10 server app allows to download only once an app update or an OS an iOS update and then distribute it in on my internal network so the first device that requests an update will contact Apple's server and the update of an app or the entire operating system this update will download to the caching server and the next time another device will ask Apple server for the same update the caching server will intercept the query and will provide the data lo locally so that means that first of all I use much less bandwidth for my uh, internet uh, broadband connection but secondly it's much faster to get the update because the other device will fetch the update from my server which is um, connected directly to my router in addition to this uh, caching uh, server technology that I use I also use it as a time machine server so for my MacBook Air I mentioned that I'm using an external hard drive connected to my iMac but I have actually uh, configured time machine so that it uses two destinations for the backups and it will alternate between both so the first destination is the external hard drive connected to my iMac and the second destination is some space on the hard drive of the uh, Mac mini server via the time machine server capability so in a sense the Mac mini server acts like a time capsule if you want talking about time machine because um, I have the uh, the clone and because there is not much that happens on this computer I don't want to have the traditional uh, schedule for time machine backups hourly backups for 24 hours and uh, and so on and so I'm using a utility called time machine editor that allows me to actually overwrite the default behavior of time machine and with time machine editor I've configured it in such a way that it only do, do one snapshot per day one time machine backup per day and that allows me also to keep my external hard drive for time machine longer without the need to overwrite the data in terms of utilities that I use a lot on this machine uh, first of all there is Hazel and here I use Hazel to copy documents PDFs mostly invoices from my personal Dropbox account to my business Google account and um, because from time to time uh, there, there are some some apps that I pay with my personal credit card instead of my business credit card uh, 
So I get um, the invoice on my personal email address. And then one way to that I found to automate the process was to, to get the invoice as a PDF uh, on my personal Dropbox account and then move it around to my uh, business Google Drive account. Like on uh, the MacBook Air, uh, I use iMazing Mini as well on the Mac Mini server. And the reason is that uh, on the Mac Mini server, I will do the automatic backup of my daughter's iPod touches so that uh, I have a, a local backup as well, daily backup of their iPod touch. And because I'm using uh, that, um, that server all the time for with Hazel, obviously I'm using Dropbox and uh, Google Backup and Sync so that I can, using Hazel, automatically move files around whenever they appear in uh, certain folders. So I think it's I've gone through the, the three devices that I use the most for my business. Um, I wanted to add a haha moment that I had well, not uh, very recently, but still uh, at the beginning of the year, is um, using the private browsing mode with Safari or with Google Chrome to log into the same website or web service using different credentials. Uh, I don't know why, but it didn't occur to me that... Uh, that it was feasible to to do that and so each time i was logging out of my let's say um, professional my business uh, google account and then logging it into my personal uh, google account and with a private browsing mode i can keep my default my normal browser connected to my professional google account and then from time to time log into the personal one uh, on uh, in, a, in a tab which is in private browsing and usually with my guests I ask them the plans that they have regarding uh, upgrading their devices and so in my case the obvious uh, choice would be to replace the MacBook Air because not only the battery is dying but also it makes quite a lot of noise now. The, the fan is quite noisy whenever the, the processor is uh, heavily used and it's not a pleasant experience for my clients whenever I do that, when I do some coaching with them or even during a, an evening class. So because of that, I'm hesitating between the 12-inch MacBook or the 13-inch uh, MacBook Pro with Touch Bar. Well, the, the reason why I would go for the 12-inch MacBook is that because it's uh, fanless, there is no fan. And so that would be, I think, a great solution for very quiet computer. And especially since the this 
this portable computer is not heavily used. It's mostly to do some keynote presentations or go through photos with my clients. So I think the 12-inch MacBook would fit uh, entirely, entirely the bill. Now, the reason why I'm hesitating with the 13-inch MacBook Pro with Touch Bar, it's because of Touch ID. So the fact that it's uh, built in the Touch Bar, I think it would be a great way to quickly uh, log into the, the MacBook, the MacBook Pro. Also, it's compatible with one password. So I can use, I could use my thumb to actually fill in password and so on. And uh, yes, and, and it's also for me to be uh, an Apple consultant. It's also good to have first-hand experience with a piece of technology. So even though it has a fan, and even though there, are, there is a risk of having uh, some keyboard issues, I think overall it could be nice actually to, to have a 13-inch MacBook Pro. I will see. Um, it's not for today or tomorrow, but most probably before the end of the, the year or beginning of next year, I will, I will have made a transition. So I hope this week's solo show has been useful somehow for you and next week i will go through my ios setup consisting of my iphone an ipad an apple watch and believe it or not an ipod touch so as usual all the links will be in the show notes available at macpreneur.com forward slash episode 11 if you enjoy the show, please leave a rating or review by visiting macpreneur.com forward slash iTunes. For questions, comments, or if you'd like to be a guest on the show, please visit macpreneur.com forward slash contact. That's it for today. And until next time, I'm Damien Schroer, wishing you a great day. <laughs>